the One Fab Day Wedding Podcast. Welcome to the One Fab Day Wedding Podcast, the weekly listen that helps you plan your wedding with as much crack and as little stress as is humanly possible. Today's episode is going to be a little bit different because we're interviewing our bosses. That's right, and probably less scary than that sounds. <laughs> as you probably know by now, me and Claire work at onefabday.com, a website that was set up 10 years ago to give couples practical tools to plan a you-do-you kind of wedding. Well, today, to celebrate the site's big birthday, we've got its founders and the people who pay our wages, we should say, Nisha McNally and Susan Gallagher in the hot seat to share the insider tips they've picked up from 10 years in the wedding industry. These guys, they know their stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Obviously, you and I have worked in weddings for a few years now, but there's always like something that they can lend whenever we're like stuck for ideas or whenever we've got dilemmas that come in. So yeah, I think they'll have a lot of valuable insights. Absolutely. And they're great at lending perspective as well because they've been doing this for so long. They've seen it all mm. and they know what matters at the end of the day. And they always kind of help bring that back to go, would the couple just want a relaxed day? Yeah, sometimes I get a bit wrapped up in the dress and the decor. The specific flower that's on trend right now. Yes. But I think we're going to get some great advice from them and the kind of advice that you can really, really apply throughout the wedding planning. One Fab Day Expert Wedding Tips. If you're a regular listener of the podcast, you'll know we enjoy nothing more than dropping some of our wedding knowledge on you guys with the top tip. Selena's sharing one of her nuggets with us this week. What have you got? So my tip is, and you can tell me whether you agree with this or not, Claire, Mm -hmm. give your phone to someone in the wedding party early on enough in the day, around the time that you get into your outfit, and leave it with them. Mm. Until probably maybe they'll pop it back on your chair later on the evening. But just get your phone out of your fingers for the majority of the day. I'm sure there's a lot of people out there who will want to take the odd selfie. Um maybe getting ready and stuff but after that you've likely got a professional photographer they'll look after the photos you don't need to be answering any calls or any text messages so yeah I think it's absolutely worthwhile to hand it over and just relax and enjoy your day phone free and the person who keeps your phone a bridesmaid or whoever they'll be on hand so if you want to say like oh I'd love to take a selfie of me and my new husband or whatever you know you can always grab it off them yeah But I just know that I've heard a few couples say this, like uh, I heard one groom say that the best thing he did on the wedding day was walk up to his wife uh, on the morning of the wedding and she was really stressing out and he just took the phone out of her hands and was like, none of this anymore, please. (laughs) Now is the time to enjoy it. And obviously, if there's anything that happens and a supplier, you know, doesn't have anyone else's number and they need to contact you, your assigned phone person will deal with it Um, but I just think it is a great idea for sort of helping you to just really really relish every single moment of the day the one fab day wedding podcast so on to our main topic for today how great one fab day is (laughs) Uh, well that is only partly true we're not going to spend the entire episode tooting our own horns Uh, but as onefabday.com celebrates its 10th anniversary we did think it was worth tossing some confetti so for the whole team this is obviously a huge achievement we're all immensely proud to say that for 10 years now one fab day has been celebrating the true meaning of weddings while offering couples an alternative to generic ceremonies one size fits all hotel packages and tired style options There's no denying weddings have changed massively over the last decade, particularly here in Ireland. And two of the people forcing that change along, one chair cover at a time, are in the studio with us today. One Fab Day founders Nisha McNally and Susan Gallagher. 
The pair joined forces in 2009 to give couples a roadmap to creating their own kind of wedding. And from a spare bedroom in Nisha's house, one fab day was born. Thanks for having us, guys. Thank you. Uh, so I guess we'll start at the start. How did you come to set up One Fab Day? So we started 10 years ago now, almost 10 years to the month, next month. We started because Susan was getting married and I was just engaged. And I turned to her, she's the only engaged person I knew. So I turned to her asking her advice and it turned out that all the resources she pointed me to and she was using herself were all in the States. There was nothing that was servicing the Irish wedding industry. The magazines were bit old-fashioned and we realised that while the websites like Once Wed, Style Me Pretty, ones that still exist were really beautiful, they weren't very relatable because it didn't have a quarter of a million, didn't live in Malibu and don't look like Claudia Schiffer. So it was a bit of a stretch to think I was going to organise a wedding in Ireland that way. And Sue obviously had the same problem. So I come from a project management background in digital marketing. And Sue was a developer par excellence, although she'll never tell you that herself. So together we combined our skills of software development and digital marketing and we decided to start creating something for people like us. And then if people liked it, they liked it. And if they didn't, they didn't. You know, we were just trying to fill a gap for ourselves more than anybody else. And that was 10 years ago now. And it's safe to say that people did like it quite a lot. There are a lot of enthusiastic <laughs> followers who are still with us 10 years later. Mm. Obviously, you guys didn't have the resources that you would have liked to plan your weddings how did you go about it? Was it a real trial and error process for the both of you? Yeah, I think probably the time we started the site was probably good timing in a way and that Nisha was just engaged, but I I was about to get married in a few weeks. So, you know, I was kind of had already been through the, the pain. agony of trying to find <laughs> nice things and trying to organise it. And I could kind of understand where Nisha was coming from. And um, I kind of had much more experience of what was out there and, or the lack of what was out there. I was still reeling from shock, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. Uh, a friend of mine, about two weeks after we got engaged, my friend was super enthusiastic about planning my wedding for me, which I was less excited about because <laughs> I'm not naturally uh, that excitable about these things. And she turned up to my house with 10 magazines and pizzas one Friday night and I nearly cried. I nearly cried by the end of it. I was never that princess bride and there's lots of people out there who are um, and then Sue, Sue wasn't either and it just was very unrelatable mm-hmm. so I remember yeah Sue had already been through that process for two years and figured that one out so she was able to you know it point all me in the right direction very old-fashioned and like I suppose when I started planning I felt like just ignore everything that's out there that was yeah. kind of the only way to go mm-hmm. there was no point trying to even find the good bits because there weren't really any good bits so we just kind of started from scratch and thought about it as planning a party and find a nice venue and then take inspiration from that and try and plan a party that suits the place and suited our personalities as well. And that's kind of how it started. We hear that all the time these days, but actually back then there was no one on the Internet, certainly not in the Irish space or in the UK space, saying that, (laughs) saying, you know, think about it as a huge party. Think about your priorities. It was a whole different category. Yeah, it was more about ticking boxes, making sure you had all the things that made up a wedding and following rules, whereas Mm. obviously things have changed a lot. Yeah, we were coming off the back of the Celtic Tiger. So the recession had hit at that stage. So people were tightening their budgets, but the list of to-dos was long and the parents apparently had a lot of say in it. And, you know, know, two years beforehand, it had been ice sculptures and helicopter rides. (laughs) Now, by 2009, they'd kind of died off. So it was quite a culture shock. You know, you're going from your normal life as a 30-year-old, kind of like living your life, enjoying yourself you know being into fashion being into interiors and 
and then you're kind of plunged into this world that seemed about 20 years old and it was quite weird but um, it turned out there were loads of people just like us who just were struggling with the media there wasn't the print and there wasn't the online version but it turned out the people themselves were there it's just mm. they needed an outlet so we set about creating that outlet for them and it sounds like for the time you both had quite alternative weddings can you tell us a little bit about the weddings you had yeah um, well I got married in 2009 so I'm going to be 10 years married now in December happy anniversary thank you <laughs> and seems crazy to be married that long but anyway um, so the, the big thing at our wedding that was felt unusual for people or was different was that we were having a civil ceremony so that was much more unusual then there was probably around 20% of weddings were mm. civil ceremonies back then um, and the other thing that was different was we weren't having a wedding in a hotel so everything wasn't kind of organised and straightforward. We rented a castle in Galway and had to bring everything in ourselves. There were no staff that worked there. It was just an empty building and we had to bring everything in and organise the bar, organise catering, decor, the whole lot. So I suppose those were the two things that made our wedding quite unusual at the time. Obviously, it's much more normal to do something like that mm. these days. It was great. It was by far the best wedding I'd ever been at. And I'd only been at a couple of weddings, but even now it's still probably my top one, top number one. Because <laughs> um, it was just great fun. It was a party. Like it was a great party. And I know weddings are like that now, but back then it was more like you turned up, you had a set rote of things you had to do. You know, you had to be nice to the parents and you had to give the gift and you had to throw the bouquet. And it was all quite set pieces. But I think ours was, was a, great a bit party. more chaotic though, because were we were organising it as well. <laughs> but in a way that contributed to the fun as well. Yeah, it was good fun. Anisha, you got married on a bridge? I did. I got married three years later in 2012. By that stage, the site was much more developed. So, you know, I didn't have as much of a struggle. Um, I said earlier that I took inspiration from websites based in Southern California. And, you know, I'm well aware that Irish weather is not like Malibu. But I did decide to have a wedding on a bridge and just <laughs> come a hell or high water, it was going to happen. And literally everyone asked what our backup plan was. And there was none. So we got married in July we had a marquee wedding in a field at the back of our holiday home in Wexford. And I tried to suppose to create as fun a kind of a festival meets Downton Abbey was my in- inspiration. Kate Moss the year before had gotten married and basically my dream wedding on a budget about five times mine. So I was, <laughs> I was, I took inspiration from her and it was, yeah, had a great time. It's great fun. Great party as well. That was what it was about. Did you... Um, encounter a lot of resistance from people because I know a lot of couples say to us these days oh my mom just doesn't get what we're trying to do but I can imagine 10 and 7 years ago there was even less understanding of what a kind of bespoke boutique wedding was there were like a couple of people who were wondering what would they do did they need to wear the same things as a normal wedding because it was a civil <laughs> ceremony and um, yeah but other than that not really I suppose maybe from the older generation more questions just that they mm. wanted to feel comfortable going along, that they knew what was going to happen, but nothing major. I didn't encounter too much resistance because I didn't really tell people much. We that's also very the, smart. We were sneaky about it though because we said our ceremony was taking place at Tintern Abbey. Now that sounds like a church, but it isn't. It's a ruin, and we were getting mm. married on a bridge. So anyone who googled it would have figured that out. But we again, I think it comes back to personalities. And again, like our families, well, my family know me well enough to know that I'm just going to do whatever I want to do, and they're mm. not really going to get an opinion. So that, in that sense, I didn't. But I do feel for people even now. People do get that all the time on the site. People are trying to do something different, and they are meeting resistance. But that's where I just think tell them very little. It does help if your family are 
quite relaxed about these things like my mum got married in a turquoise wedding dress in the 70s which would have been quite unusual like when she got married the priest didn't tell the organ player to start because he thought she was a bridesmaid coming up the aisle so like she I love it yeah so (laughs) they were all kind of happy that I think we were doing something different as well and Misha, as the site was a bit established when you got married, did you feel any pressure to make it? I know Instagram wasn't around at the time, but blog really. Um, I didn't from anyone I knew, like from my family and friends. Uh, I did anecdotally hear from other people and I suppose maybe in the industry a little bit. So I, I would have good pals in the industry, um, especially back then because we were all sort of in the same boat, you know, and there was a really good community developing. So people would be like, oh, I'm really excited to see your wedding. I got a lot of that coming up to it. And the thing was, I was always pretty confident that I wasn't going to be showcasing my wedding because by nature, I'm quite a private person. I'm not an Instagrammer of myself. That's not my thing. And it's not really Sue's thing either. So we're just not like that. So I I felt that people had these expectations that I was never going to meet because my wedding, well, my wedding, my, hu- my husband, our <laughs> wedding was for us and it was for our family and our friends and for who the people who were going to be there. It was a real thing. It's a real time and place and it's mm. a, a moment in your life and the photographs are going to be important but what happens that day is going to be more important and I really wasn't concerned about other people's opinions or interest in it because I was like that's lovely that they're excited but I know that I'm not going to be fulfilling those because they're literally not really going to see any of it um, and yeah. because they're not going to be there unfortunately so yeah. it's a personal occasion yeah they're not going to taste the food and they're not going to be no. at the dance floor no exactly the dance time. floor was one of the most important things for us so and it sounds like both of your weddings were like ultimate crack like really really fun and like full of personality but is there anything sort of big or small that you would change about the day or anything you kind of look back and go god I didn't really put much effort into this bit I probably should have researched that more or I probably should have worried about that less I think it probably sounds counterintuitive but for something to be really good fun and go crack there actually has to be a lot of organization behind the scenes Mm -hmm. Um, and something I would change is making sure things happened on time on the day and probably having more of an idea of what the schedule was going to be and you know where everyone needed to be at the right time and that's something I would have organized better. So I did have a very set timeline in fact it was part of the invitation set that people got and they actually had I made Susan did my station for me and there actually was a a set list of everything that was going to happen at every time because I do like to know my biggest thing and I think that is a valid point I think um, for me the thing that I overlooked and probably underestimated was because we had a wedding at home because it was a marquee wedding and because it was a marquee wedding and we got LPM so we had old like Edwardian style canvas tents it was um kind of glamorous rustic if that makes sense Mm. we didn't have a planner and that was for budget reasons and I think that was a big mistake I think it would have just taken the pressure off me really mostly because I was quite literally responsible for for everything from the toilets to the plumbing like the day before my brothers turned up and my brothers are extremely handy the McNally boys are known as being (laughs) being extremely (laughs) handy guys to have around and uh, one of them goes to me "Um, Nisha you know like how is the water going to be coming out of the taps? And I was like, what do you mean? And they're like, I was like, there's a kitchen there. It's fine, it's fine. And, we've got, and they're like, yeah, no, I know we have water in the house and I know we have a sink in the back of the marquee, but how is the water getting from one to the other? And I was like, I, what? Looking at them going, what are you talking about? And they're like, it's grand. We'll sort it. And they literally got in a van and drove to Wexford 20 minutes down the road and went to the building suppliers and came back with 300 metres of plumbing piping and put it together like they sorted it all out so I was really lucky that my family are extremely hands on because those types of things like any planner would have gone oh my god but actually they would have known that weeks in advance I had all the set pieces but 
some things just didn't flow from one to the other. Um, and I think the other thing was that we, so we, again, a planner would figure this out. We didn't have a cleanup crew for the next day because I was like, easy one to knock on the head, budget yeah. wise. But yeah, that means that we're cleaning the bar the next day for people coming to enjoy the second day festivities and we're removing the bottles. So it was all really obvious stuff, obvious to somebody who's a professional, but any bride or groom is, unless they're on their second or third wedding, they're not a professional at this. They don't know. So there's no. no way you can know that. So I think if you're planning any sort of unusual thing, especially a marquee wedding or a wedding at home, you need a planner. That's one. That's a golden rule. You can't mm. do it without one. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Someone on the day to look after things. Yeah. So people aren't constantly tapping you on the shoulder going, eh, what about this? Where's the <laughs> yeah. Hey, where's the water going to come from, Nisha? <laughs> and you guys have mentioned that obviously churches and hotels were kind of the mainstays in Irish weddings 10 years ago. How else have they evolved? I suppose like the parental involvement is probably less. Um, mm. You know, obviously when parents are supplying less of the budget for a wedding, they don't get to have as much of a say over how things are going to work out. Um, that's probably something that's changed over even a longer period of time rather than when we got married. But I think there was a set list of things that you were expected to do that the society had determined based on the last 30 years or 40 years of weddings people had decided that you know there was a set way of doing them and any deviation from that was unusual and I think that broke about five years ago and now people accept that you can pretty much do whatever you want that it's an understanding that it's a celebration not a wedding in inverted commas like a wedding it doesn't have the same connotations it would have had 10 or 15 years ago so I think people are are fully accepting in my experience anyway fully accepting of the idea that you're this wedding is in a restaurant this wedding is going to be 20 people I'm going to a pub for this person I'm having someone else is having 300 people in Castle Leslie you know those are all valid and there's no expectation the wedding does not come with a whole set of baggage behind it Mm -hmm. and I think that's probably what's different because 10 years ago certainly if you said to somebody oh I'm going to a wedding and you know we're going to the pub and then we're going to have you know a meal in McDonald's people would have been like I'm sorry what are you talking about that's not a wedding it's not a wedding (laughs) whereas now people would be like oh cool if if that's that's what they want to do that's what they want to do it's like okay live and let live what would you guys say is the most revolutionary change in weddings in Ireland? I know a big one is obviously, um, you know, like you said, Sue, way less Catholic ceremonies, way more civil ceremonies and humanist ceremonies. And obviously another huge one is same sex marriage coming in. There's always so many to, to list. Mm-hmm. I think you're absolutely right. Same sex marriage being full marriage now is a huge change. And I think more to the point about how that's happened, about the fact that the nation took to the polls and we overwhelmingly more than 70% of people said yes this is a good thing and I think that goes beyond marriage I think that's really important it's a huge vote of confidence for our gay friends and family to be able to know that they can walk down the street and they know that the majority the overwhelming majority of the population is saying good for you we support you you are mm-hmm. accepted and I think so it's a beyond weddings thing I think that's a huge thing and I'm incredibly proud of us as a nation that, that we did that because other countries have done it but we did it as a populace we decided mm. and we gave that embrace to people so I think that's probably the biggest and most important change Yeah there's something about the same sex weddings we feature on the site it always looks like the guests are rooting for the couple in a much stronger way than they do in a straight wedding just because obviously they've had to go through so much mm. more to get there yeah. and uh, yeah the weddings look all the more fun as a result so obviously, since you guys planned your wedding, the choice of suppliers has improved vastly. Have social media and obviously sites like ours had a role to play in that? 
Um, I suppose the amount of real weddings that people can look at these days has meant their expectations are much higher of what they want from their suppliers. You know, they want certain types of photographs. They get to see so many cakes that they have way more ideas of what they want. And suppliers have kind of stepped up to meet that demand. Also, like with rules being more relaxed around weddings as well, I think suppliers get to be a lot more creative. And so there is a lot more creative people coming into the industry as well, which is really nice to see. Yeah, I think what's been really interesting is to see, obviously there's been an influx of new suppliers, people who are starting at a certain bar, um, who are seeing what's available around the world. So first of all, you've got a huge change in, it's not about what's available here and what's indigenous to the Irish wedding industry. It's actually about what's happening in New Zealand or what's happening in Japan or what's happening in Spain. It doesn't really matter. Um, Influences are coming from everywhere. So it's really interesting to see new people starting at that level. What's kind of satisfying almost is to see very well established great wedding businesses who have the experience because bear in mind that's the difference is like a really good wedding business has been around for a really long time they know the psychology of weddings they understand they've been through it with couples they understand how this all works um, it's that experience that you're buying into as well as the product or the service itself I think to see them change and develop their skill sets and I think that's really exciting as well because you see florists that we might have known for who've been around for 30 years who are pushing themselves in completely different directions and you then start to see that influence in other elements so if you go to your local florist now the choice of flowers is vastly different than it would have been six, seven years ago. And I have to say, I really do believe that came from the wedding industry because brides were requesting certain flowers because they saw them on Pinterest, they saw them on the site, they saw them on Instagram. And they're like, they know the names of these flowers. And I see it on Grafton Street. There were years where you'd only get like the same lilies and Gerberas and now you can get flowers from all over the world. And I think that's really fascinating and amazing. And we did want to touch on style. Now, obviously, in terms of what the bride and groom are wearing, trends have changed a bit here and there. But do you think couples' attitudes to how they dress has changed? Do you think they're more open-minded? Is it much the same as it was 10 years ago? I think it's wildly different than yeah. it was 10 years ago. Yeah, it's quite incredible. And it's actually almost really fascinating to talk to somebody who got married just before Sue got married or even around that time. Like, I talk to people who are my age who the site wouldn't have existed or would have only been in its infancy and they would talk about how their weddings they were kind of set into a certain box back then that they had the wedding dresses were a certain style and that's what your choices were and that's kind of just what you did whereas now you see people in capes jumpsuits they they wear colour they wear skirts they wear tops they wear the men are phenomenally exciting like yeah. men take it as an opportunity to wear whatever they want and they're not a prop they're not the Ken doll to mm. the Barbie it's they themselves it's their wedding too and they can dress how they want to and they want to look good so I think that's amazing I think it's great to see people being unique enough themselves and also taking that interest in it and not feeling they just have to dress up for a day in a costume basically nothing brings me more joy than when you see a real wedding and you don't know the person but you feel like you know them Mm -hmm. because you take one look at their outfit and you're like I totally get that person's everyday style it comes through and their personality like so vividly obviously like the style has changed and the look and the feel of weddings have changed but I think couples approach to wedding planning has also changed like the words laid back and authentic come up constantly when we talk to couples about their real weddings yeah, to have a relaxed wedding is something that a lot of people we hear saying as well. Um, and I find that couples want their wedding to reflect them and be really, really personal. Um, and like from my experience, any wedding you go to where it really feels like an extension of the couple, they tend to be 
the best wedding they're the most the fun most to be at because yeah. when it reflects the couple you can see how relaxed they are they're so happy with how it's turned out and that in turn makes all the guests really enjoy themselves so I think you know being true to yourself when you're planning it and try not to follow trends or mm. you know just do something for the sake of it is really really important it really pays off on the day I think the biggest change really for me is that um, it's now a joint activity mm. like let's be honest about it women uh, in the case of a male female wedding women will take the bulk of the planning decisions and they'll still take the bulk of the actual donkey work as we want to call it but I think though it's seen as a joint activity the men are not just there to again be the Ken doll to turn up and just make my speeches would you talk to men 20-30 years ago that's literally all they were expected to do mm. um, they actually take an interest in it and they wanted to because again it's if if celebra- if it's a celebration which is what it is now it's a celebration it's a party it's a time when people are now in their mid to late 30s the average age is now 34 and a half for a woman 36 and a half for a man so these are people who are well established into their lives they've been socialising for the guts of 20 years with their friends so a wedding isn't something they turn up to and get dressed up they actually it's a party it's the ultimate party before you kind of launch yourself into proper adulthood Um, so it's great that the men want to be part of that and I think it's fantastic because it means that it's more meaningful it means that the personalisation side of things isn't trend led because people won't just have nonsense at a wedding just for the sake of it they'll just have things that they want to have because mm. they, they symbolise them and their relationship. And we've asked you a lot of questions about what's changed in the last 10 years but what in terms of couples planning their weddings do you think has not changed and is not going to change? I mean obviously in terms of the wedding being like a celebration of love and I know people always want their guests to have a good time. Would you agree with that? From a trend perspective the only thing that kind of has persisted is that a lot of brides still overwhelmingly choose to wear white that hasn't changed even though the style might have changed and they might wear a jumpsuit or something completely different the overwhelming number of brides we see on the site would still wear white one of the things that hasn't changed actually is the uh, inclusion of the important people for that couple so by that I mean the bridesmaids or the groomsmen I think that idea of it's that time that you get your pals together your sisters or your brother or whoever it is on either side and that you can actually be a little squad and it's like that nice kind of send off even though you know you're a grown up and you've probably got a house you may have children you know you may be well into your life but it's that idea that you know it's still a thing where it's this nice little time for you guys to Mm. be together and the hen party and the stag parties are still really important because it's this rite of passage Um, and the rite passages change from you know when my mother got married to you know you literally went from your father's house to your husband's house now it's more like it's just a send off into kind of adulthood I suppose so like that hasn't changed and I don't see that changing because that's the whole thing it's a group celebration not just an individual one yeah I like that it's turned into a more generic celebration as opposed to like full of all these traditions mm. but it still doesn't lose its specialness which I think is really nice yeah I think that the concept of a wedding has kind of changed dramatically in the last 20 years I think away from something the society expects you to do into something that you actually really really want to do because Mm -hmm. it's actually great fun and I look forward to the weddings now I'm still going to a wedding with one of my best friends next month and I can't wait she and her husband to be are together 20 years and she like you know so they're there 20 we're there to celebrate her relationship and Mm -hmm. her like they have a child together um, and it's just going to be so much fun because we're going to hit the dance floor we're going to celebrate those two like you know it's 1999 because actually it almost is 20 years together Um, so that's the heart of a wedding and I feel that's what's lovely now is that people really take that to heart and they don't feel like oh god here to go to another wedding again yeah I guess it's more of a choice to get married than it was when Mm. our parents were all getting married Yeah, and it's maybe more of a celebration (laughs) of the couple and their group their support network their family and friends as opposed to just you and me have decided to hook up for life 
Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or your parents have decided that they have kids. <laughs> that it needs to happen. Later. Yeah. <laughs> Less shotguns, I think, in weddings <laughs> these days, hopefully. And what have been your favourite trends over the last decade? There have been many. <laughs> So I'm going to admit that I'm not a massive fan of trends in general. Now, bear in mind, I'm coming at this from a very particular point of view. I've been looking at them for 10 years, so I'm not. Anyone who's listening who's engaged and is like, oh, you know, but it's so much fun. So I'm like totally on board with that. I I do still get that rush when I see something really exciting. But I suppose it's just it's like anything. If you work in fashion, I'm sure it's the same thing. You kind of see things coming in and out every season. So trends themselves, I love the creativity and I see ideas. And I just don't like when things just become mainstreamed because they're cool. Mm. Uh, but again, they don't suit that couple. I think the biggest trend I've loved, which isn't really a physical thing, is the fact that women have moved into taking on that feminist role within a wedding which I, makes me sound like such an activist but I think it's the fact that women are like no I want to make a speech at a wedding and you know that's who I am and I'm unapologetic about it and it's about me and my partner together and I'm taking ownership of this and it's not just me as a princess you can be a princess if you want absolutely rock on with that I love a princess wedding but the fact that you can you can actually assert yourself and be a grown up person in it and um, I think that women not kind of denigrating themselves and taking a second fiddle and mm. um, I think that's really that's been the big trend that I've liked to see more and more mums walking the daughters down the aisle I example, love a mum you know? on the aisle moment. yeah like you know and I, and I think in many ways I kind of re- almost regret not asking my mum to do it my dad died and I asked my brother to do it kind of in a in a kind of almost a, had to be a male role actually I mm. could have asked my mum but I never thought about it so I think people are just more open to those choices and I think that's as a trend it's not a trend it's going to hopefully it's more of a change but that's one of my favourites and one of the things that I really like seeing are couples who do a first look now, who kind of meet each other before the ceremony and kind of get the nerves out of the way mm. and, you know, just have that little moment to themselves because the day can be so chaotic and busy and there's a lot of demands on couples to talk to people. So it's really nice they get that little chance to see each other. Um, those photos are so special. I did that are. for mine and I absolutely loved it. And I, those are some of the best photos from the day mm. because they're so special and you don't get that time. You don't get to just look at each other and kind of be like, wow, you know, later on, maybe we're drunk, you know, <laughs> six in the morning, maybe. But And any trends that you're delighted to see the back of? God, that list could be as long as my arm, to be honest. Um, again, I don't want to offend anybody, so I'm not going to get into a big long list. Specific. Can I just be specific about one? I don't like vintage teacups. Now, it's not to say I don't like the vintage teacups in context. Can I just be clear about this? They were kind of the big first trend around 2009, 2010. And everyone kind of jumped on board with this. because I think it was a recession thing. And it was like, oh, my granny's crockery. And yeah, yeah. But it was often people who that was not their thing. Like, mm. these are people who were very glossy, very glamorous individuals who didn't mismatch anything ever. Like, ever. And then it was appearing at you. Like, I've been to a few. And I'm like, really? That's not you. And it looks really odd then a few years later. And you're like, I'm not sure why they mm. did that. And it dates a wedding. Like, mm. you go, boom, that was that wedding from 2009, 2010. So there's been a few like that, like that personally I'm no fan of but you know yeah but when it suits the couple obviously like no that's the context like Karen had that at her wedding but Karen is a collector of Mm. vintage china so that was perfect looked amazing it was just you know when it's it's just some of those things but that was a big one and it lasted a really long time in Ireland and the other thing was burlap Oh, no fan of burlap personally now again. Like, <laughs> and bear in mind, a thing in California, isn't it? They love a bit of yeah, they love a bit, bit of burlap. burlap. Yeah, there's trends that come here that are yeah. so out of context Don't maybe for Ireland. The landscape, they're not really. <laughs> no. But you know what? I will admit as well, though. In fairness, we did the plowing championships five years ago, and I 
stage directed it or whatever creative directed it and uh, yeah I had a burlap like themed table so like you know I'm as guilty as anyone else I'm not yeah, I'm yeah. not in any way trying to like rain on anybody's parade with those things it's just sometimes just looking at something for a really long time mm. and you're just like oh yeah I don't, don't think that suits sometimes you just see it in a wedding and you're like don't think that suits the rest of the wedding because I don't really know why that person did that but you look yeah. that's yeah. my personal choice you know and how about you Sue any that you're glad to see the backle? Um, I suppose things that I'm glad have changed will be food at weddings. So, oh God, yeah, mm. there were a lot of beef or salmon <laughs> days. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm glad <laughs> that they're over and that things are a bit more exciting. Well, it's more like overcooked beef and like yeah. dried up salmon. Really, yeah. you know, like good. Both of those is absolutely They can be fine. delicious yeah. when they're done properly. But yeah. yeah. Um, so the food changes have been very welcome. You know, people are doing so much more exciting things, sharing platters, which is really nice when there's group that don't know each other mm. to get talking and, you know, getting into the vibe for the wedding and um, that kind of thing, I think is really nice. We did a survey recently and that was by far the most important thing at everybody's wedding was food. Mm. People want to yeah. be fed well. Like that is my strongest memory from attending weddings 10, 15 plus years ago is just being constantly hungry and wondering mm. when am I going to eat and why am I eating more? <laughs> I, I just remember it was more like hospital food. Like I remember going to a wedding Again, can't, obviously would never name who these people were, but um, went to a wedding. Put it this way, we were at the miscellaneous table, which is kind of like myself and my husband went through a phase of being invited to a lot of weddings. And we were always at what we termed the miscellaneous table, which is basically the table where you put people, you've kind of got a few extra spots at your wedding and you're like, these are kind you of second Z tier. I don't know why. Half the time we were like, really, we were invited? OK, so we went to these weddings and I remember at one at wedding going and the food was really like it was hospital food. It was bad. And I actually remember feeling really bad for the couple because everyone at the wedding was commenting about the food was really bad so it becomes actually a talking point yeah. and like remember the dessert came out and it was it was proper jelly it was actually jelly and ice cream and not nice jelly and ice cream like I mean like my mother's like 1985 birthday party jelly and ice cream it's terrible yeah. and everyone just was talking about how bad it was which is not what you want from your wedding like you just no. don't want that so yeah that's that wasn't nice whereas you don't really get that now mm-hmm. unless the couple genuinely don't care about food in which case like again that always they'll, they'll never happens happens. oh exactly yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah everyone has that high in their priority list these days I think mm-hmm. and let's say your friend called you up tomorrow and said she was engaged and said what's your advice what would be the one thing that you told her in the, the very early days of planning um, one thing I would advise is to get your budget in order, even though it's not very exciting. It'll mm. make everything run much more smoothly. It'll make it easier to make decisions. You won't get carried away hoping you can do things that you won't actually be able to do. Mm. You know, all of that. Like if you know your budget and you both agree on it and you're going to stick to it, it makes everything a lot easier and it helps with the planning. It yeah. helps get a first few couple of decisions kind of yeah. made for you. You're not reaching for the stars too much yeah it can be nice to dream for a bit but then it's all the yeah. worst to come crash yeah, day yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the thing f- is you can have a really amazing wedding on a small budget so yeah. you yeah, know now you can you, you really, have really loads can. of options now mm. there weren't 10 years ago it was really hard like you would be very limited but now there's not there's, you can have a restaurant you can have a pub you can have a theatre you can do 20 people in a barbecue people don't care people are like guests are much more relaxed families are more relaxed about it there's not as much judgement in my experience um, and I think that's really important. Yes, yeah, so like, you should yeah. be less scared about yeah. working out your budget because yeah. you can do something amazing no yeah. matter what it is. Mm. Yeah, as long as you set your priorities, that's the most important thing. Um, I think the big thing for me is 
absolutely indulge in the dreaming, absolutely go mad on Instagram and start following everything you want. But I think beyond that kind of initial period is like just a bit of slowdown. Don't get caught up. And I suppose, and you know, feel like you have to do this pressure. Oh my God, I got engaged. So I need to book a wedding venue and I need mm. to book buy a dress and dresses take this on. You know, there's an element of just like, no, just cool down. But I think the biggest thing for me is I'm very specific about this to everybody. Wedding planning is on a need to know basis. Do not share information or solicit opinions from anyone you don't need that opinion from. You don't need the opinions of bridesmaids dresses from everybody. You only need that from maybe your bridesmaids. You know, that's kind of it. Because the problem is you can't help but be influenced by people's faces when you mention something. You know, like that kind of half grimacy smile thing or and are you oh yeah. Yeah. The tone. Oh, you can't help. It starts chipping and chipping away at and you have to obviously consult with people you trust, but who you know you're on the same wavelength with. A few years ago, we used to get emails. Don't get them as much anymore. But we used to get a few emails from people, especially abroad, who would say, have you got any recommendations for me for venues? Because I picked out some great venues from one particular girl. She had sent her mother and her father off to visit. They were living in Australia. She was coming home to get married. She'd selected venues she was mad for. And she sent her, her family had gone looking at them and the family were like, no, mm, mm, mm. I'm making loads of faces and being really unpleasant about all of the venues because that didn't suit. The mother and father's idea of the wedding was completely different to mm. what the daughter and the son-in-law to be wanted. So it was really undermining her confidence in it and she didn't feel like she'd buy in from them. So it's just a case of knowing who to confide in and who to solicit advice from. Because those who will help you and those who will inadvertently hinder you and make you a bit more stressed, unfortunately. That is a top tip. And you must have lots of little nuggets for like on the day that you've picked up over the years. I remember one time in the office we were talking to one of the girls that was getting married and it was like, take your bra off before you the start socks, getting ready. Take the socks and off. Take your socks off so that uh, they don't have you, the mark on their back if it's a backless dress. So there must be lots of little nuggets like that you have. I'm going to preface this by saying I have only ever planned one wedding and it was my own. (laughs) (laughs) I have, however, read about a lot of weddings. I've spoken to a lot of people in the industry. On the day stuff. On the day advice, I think get up early for a start. I got up too late for mine. Uh, Yeah, well, not too late, but not enough time. Mm. Um, Apply a bit of logic when it comes to things like makeup and hair time because sometimes you end up with people ramming too many people in at once. You know, I'm going to have six bridesmaids all done by nine o'clock in the morning and like with the best one in the world, that's not going to happen unless you all get up at four. Mm. Um, so that's, you know, that type of stuff. Take advice from um, suppliers. For the on the, the day stuff, anything related to decor, you need to find a friend or a, not a family member, but a friend who is not a member of the bridal party, who is going to, if you're styling, who is going to take that job from you and look after that for you. And you do not want somebody who is going to go all creative director on it mm. and start messing with your style. It's like, I'll just, you know, no, you don't want that. You want somebody, you give them a photograph, you give them the box of stuff and you ask them to do whatever it is that you've requested that they do, be it putting the table plan up or putting balloons on the gate or whatever it is. Be really specific about it and give it to somebody who's trustworthy and who's not going to riff on your design and you're going to come and go, what just happened? Because <laughs> you know, that happens to people. Uh, like the bride whose mother redecorated their wedding cake. Um, that's a story for another time. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, that was a good one where it was like, the mother said, I'll look after it and then redecorated the cake. How she do you didn't even like. redesign a cake when it's already been made? You bring your implements and your sister oh, no. and you, uh, yeah, you intercept the cake as it arrives and then you... Yeah, do some work I'm just on it. Imagining her with a tool belt with like <laughs> a, a knife. Yeah. And, so yeah. you know, I think the thing is, the red flag was applied with that wedding because the mother had been at all the cake meetings and never was never on board with the design that was picked. 
So oh, wow. I just decided to take. Now, that's an extreme example. I'm sure not everyone has somebody <laughs> to do that. But, you know, just have somebody who's trustworthy. And watch out for alarm bells. Like yes, that. I think red flags. <laughs> now, we've come to the part of the show where we have to press you for your top wedding planning tips. So this can be anything. It could be big scale, small scale, budget, how you do it with your partner, how you do it with the guest list. I think one of mine will be about dealing with advice from people because you will get a lot of advice while you're planning your wedding and if you're engaged for two years that is a long time to be dealing with unwanted advice and suggestions of what you should do so I would say if you do get advice just say thank you that's nod and smile nod and smile exactly um you know that's that's great we'll consider that yeah and even if you've already booked something else or you've no intention of doing that thing just say yep thanks a million we'll have a think about that and then try and change the subject because (laughs) there's no point trying to explain to that person why you don't agree with them they may have done it at their wedding Mm -hmm. you don't know what's going on so there's no point getting into a discussion about it if you don't like what they've suggested it it Mm -hmm. falls under the need to know basis stuff Mm -hmm. definitely um i think uh Sue, we were talking about this before, and Sue has a good point about um, we we're talking about like, buying stuff for your wedding. So buying things, going like, oh, I'll use it at the wedding, and then I will use it in my house. I have seventy napkins that I have never used. <laughs> uh, first of all, I had one hundred and five people at my wedding, so seventy wasn't even enough. Uh, and now I have a random seventy bo- box of seventy napkins, and um, so that was no, like that's just a waste of money, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I'm sure lots of I, there's lots of brides who actually have boxes of random stuff, um, and grooms, of course. And um, so I think yeah, be careful what you. Sp- buy and what, what especially don't buy decor things years in advance because again trends will change and you'll decide you don't like that anymore so mm. just be careful the other big thing I think is don't fret about decor too much on the day um, if you have a stylist if you plan and if you brought somebody along who's going to do it for you great but if for example you walk into your wedding and there'll always be something that goes wrong there'll always be something that's not quite the way you want it to be no one else but you can see that mm. no one cares everyone's there actually for you guys so you do get a lot of that kind of get, we occasionally get people kind of being a bit wistful about that thing that they planned and it didn't work out the way they thought it would look it, it's fine it doesn't matter don't waste any energy on it and be prepared that something is not going to quite match your expectations but that's mm. because it's real life and actually don't let that overshadow the 99.9% of it that's phenomenally exciting and With fun even big things that don't go according to plan like if the cake does not show up because something terrible happens no one's going to notice yeah. there's no cake and my, you might think it's an important part of a wedding but nobody will care my cake was delivered upside down there was no cake because the cake had to be fixed so you know again did anyone yeah. notice there was no cake no, no. they didn't yeah, no. you've and nearly didn't. forgotten that fact yeah you know? I was literally oh yeah so I could give like every wedding will have a catalogue of things that didn't quite work out but mm. nobody else notices them but you no. so it's fine obviously you have featured maybe thousands of real mm. weddings on one fab day over the last decade and I'm sure you've attended at least dozens <laughs> uh, what are the things about either the weddings you featured or the weddings you've been to that have stood out to you again for me it's the things that make the wedding about the couple so like at Nisha's wedding it wouldn't have been your wedding if we weren't doing things on the morning of the wedding <laughs> like it yeah, just wouldn't have felt right me, so, yeah. <laughs> but that's part of the memories of the mm-hmm. day now and it's part of like yeah. it's you know it's something that makes you look back on it fondly now even though at the time we're like oh my god we won't in, get it finished in our wedding photos there are actually photos of Susan ripping pages out of the printer that had snarled the paper because that was where we were doing the, pa- the table plan that morning you know like actual chaos um, so yeah 
So yeah, things that are really about the couple, like a friend of mine, her mum had an organic farm and all the food for the wedding came from the farm. And, you know, it's just you'll always remember that food above anyone else. So try and do something really personal. Yeah, I think so. I think that's it's almost that's the book. The weddings kind of fall into two buckets. They're the ones that you really remember because they were so reflective of the couple. And there's the ones that you don't really remember because they were lovely weddings in and of themselves, but they were maybe a little bit more set piecey. And one last question before we let you go back to your actual jobs. Um, how do you think weddings will look in 10 years time? Any wacky predictions or non-wacky predictions? <laughs> I'm going to oh, refer gosh. back to what Sue said and say, I think we'll have moved away from white. I think people are beginning to pull away from it a bit. I think it's the last thing to go. I think it's the last thing. I think it's the last element of the old trad wedding that's going to go. I think you'll still get people doing it, but I think it won't be as explicit as Mm. it is now. I don't think it'll be the default. Um, I think that's probably what I think. And I think you'll... That's my interpretation. I think you're just going to see more of the same. I think you're going to see more of just diverse wedding market than we do have in Ireland we are quite a homogenous wedding market people do still do wedding they do it with lots of people like 100 is still the average number whereas say the UK it's much more split it's you know pub weddings are the norm in lots of places and stuff whereas here it's still a more a little bit more alternative um, so I think you're just going to see more of that a more fragmented market probably Well Nisha I think that's a very fair prediction because we've already seen a lot of colourful brides on the site this year I'm excited for more Guys, thank you so much. You talk a whole lot of sense. Thanks, Amelia, for coming in. Thanks for and having yeah, us. Thank guys. you very much. See you in another 10 years. It's <laughs> <laughs> about 10 minutes' time. <laughs> yeah. One fab day, listener dilemmas. Planning a wedding throws up all kinds of questions from where to source suppliers to how to let your great aunt Gertrude know she's not invited without causing a rift in the family. Every week we dig out a listener dilemma and attempt to offer some practical solutions to your wedding planning problems. And Claire, you've selected this week's dilemma, I believe. I have. So this listener has written in, I recently got engaged and my younger full sister had quite a negative reaction to my older half sister helping my now fiancé pick the ring. It totally bursts the happy little bubble the engagement I created and I'm finding it hard to see past it. My mother is pandering to her too and telling me that I shouldn't have my half-sister as my maid of honour when we get married and all of my sisters should be treated equally. Mind you, the younger sister did a disappearing act on the night of my other sister's wedding while she was a bridesmaid so I don't trust her not to create drama. How do relatives not know at this point not to bother you with this stuff you know what I mean like I don't understand how if you had a problem with something that went down with the engagement you wouldn't just talk to like your own husband or your own mate about it instead of the couple who are trying to enjoy engagement yeah absolutely sounds like you're going to have both of your sisters involved in your wedding in some way and so I think it's perfectly fine to have one be maid of honor Particularly if she's the older one, because it sounds like she's been there and done that. So she'll probably have experience and be able to really help you along the way. And we always do say that just because someone is your best, best friend or your sister or whatever, doesn't necessarily mean that they make the best maid of honour or Mm. bridesmaid. You really are better off and it would be less heartbreak throughout planning and on the day if you pick someone who you think is right for the job. And it sounds like you've done that. Yeah, definitely. It sounds like you've made the right decision. And my advice would be to maybe block out some of the noise. Try not to get into it with anybody because then you'll just end up having rows and that's not going to make your engagement any more fun. Um, so I think put any niggles that you have about what your mum has said or what your younger sister has said behind you and press on with your engagement and try and enjoy it as much as you can. 
yeah and if you have like a one-liner prepared for any chat about well I'm chuffed with my decision and all of the family are going to be involved in the wedding so I'm really happy with the decisions that we've made you know you can get out of a lot by just feeling and acting really confident in your decisions and there's not a lot that you're family members can say when you're really strong on the big elements of your day and you know that you've chosen wisely. I'm Nick Friedman. I'm Lee Alec Murray. And I'm Leah President. And this is Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect. We are a new show breaking down the anime news, views, and shows you care about each and every week. I can't think of a better studio to yeah. bring something like this to life. And yeah, I agree. We're covering all the classics. If I don't know a lot about Godzilla, which I do, but I'm trying to pretend <laughs> that I don't right Hold now. it in. Hold on. And our current faves. Luffy must have his due. <laughs> Tune in every week for the latest anime updates and possibly a few debates. Oof. I remember, what was that? (laughs) Say what you're going to say and I'll circle back. You can listen to Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect every Friday wherever you get your podcasts. And watch full video episodes on Crunchyroll or the Crunchyroll YouTube channel. Now, I love this man and there is no way that I'm going to give him up to some two-faced, big-haired critic now for something that's not your wedding wedding planning is supposed to be fun but we all know there's a point when the stress and the spreadsheets all become a little too much if that sounds familiar we've got a weekly recommendation for something that will take your mind off the wedmin and completely unwind selena what non-wedding related activity are you giving us to try this week so this week I am recommending a YouTube series called Pasta Grannies. Love it already. And it does exactly what it says <laughs> on the tin. It's actually a really, really cool series. Uh, it's hosted by this British woman called Vicky Benison, who I've never heard of before, but loving her work. So basically what she does is she goes around Italy. I think she lives in Italy at least half of the year. And uh, she finds Italian grannies. Amazing. And she films them making pasta. <laughs> And uh, there's a bit of uh, obviously a language barrier, but she has a narration. So she she makes sure to clarify what's going on. Mm. um, So you know exactly how they're doing it. And it's as simple as that, Claire. It's literally picking up cooking tips from often women in their 80s and 90s. I think there was a 101-year-old granny making pasta one week. And as well as being like a really wholesome watch, it's actually a great way um, to pick up tips if you're into Italian cooking. Because what I realized through this is that the way the Italians cook pasta is quite different to our like Western perception or version of it. Great tips to be had. Okay, I'm definitely going to check it out. And just like adorable stories to boot. The One Fab Day Wedding Podcast. And that's a wrap on today's episode of the One Fab Day Wedding Podcast. Thank you, as always, for listening. We might be nearly 40 episodes in, but it still blows our minds that real people are actually listening. If you know someone else who'd like the show, be sure to spread the word and send them a link. We'd also love if you could rate, review and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. It goes a long way to helping new listeners find us. If you've got a burning dilemma or simply just something to say, please do get in touch with us. You can email hello at onefabday.com or slide into our DMs. We're at onefabday on all the major social channels. And don't forget to visit us over at onefabday.com because we're posting new content on the daily. Whether you need venue ideas, wedding dress inspiration, a ready-made hen party playlist or simply want to have a nose at other people's weddings, we've got you covered. The One Fab Day Wedding Podcast. 
Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now get 20% below MSRP for an average of $15,178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.